What's going on everybody? I'm Kevin from Cigar Prop and each and every week we come to you live on the I Tap That Cigar Show on our YouTube channel. We interview someone fun and exciting in the cigar world and then about a week later we upload that audio to various podcasting platforms. That's what you're listening to now. We try and cut out a lot of the stuff that won't make sense because you're listening to it instead of watching it. But if something doesn't make sense and you want to watch it, in the description is the link that will take you to our YouTube so you can watch the interview instead of listening to it. But if you want to continue listening to it, thank you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, so waiting patiently in the Experience Acid Green Room is my bearded brother from another brother, Bradley from Zeal Cigars. But I need Brad to bring the fire because yesterday was Easter. This is the first Easter in a long time. I did not get to go to church with my parents. So there is a couple of words that are always said. I don't speak them, but it's the thunder from, from the audience. So I need Brad to, to, to say the words after I say them. So Brad, he is risen. He is risen indeed! You hear that over and over at church on Easter. So, thunderous, <laughs> you know, uh, a cacophony from the, you know, from the church. And it always, yeah. and it always, it always gets you going when, when, yeah, uh, when, when you hear that. Yeah. So, especially uh, when you got a good pastor, they come out and they bring the fire. Yeah, dude. Easter is the time where everyone, you know, Everyone obeys mom. Everyone goes to mom's church, that type of thing. And, you know, it's a good time. So, uh, oh, that's a happy Easter, bro. Did you have a good time on Sunday? Uh, yeah, um, it was just, uh, it was busy. I mean, just absolute. I mean, we are, I, I, it's just a nightmare over here. I mean, we've, <laughs> we've got too many irons in the fire. It's just, mm -hmm. um, okay. It, it's, it's, it's not bad. It's, I'm just, I'm juggling. We're, we, we put off. We put off so much. We're telling people now, it's like, come see us, and at the end of the year, we'll get you a 2022. 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so oh, how, how have you been? Oh, dude, it's I, I, I would say the same thing, man. I would say the same thing. It's It's been a, a cacophony of busyness. That's for sure. Cacophony. I'm going to use college words today. Yes. My time in college. <laughs> so so you've, you've, been, you've been concerning me, though, lately with some of your videos. Um, how much how much COVID weight have you put on, Brad? Oh, at least eighty five pounds. Do you can you believe that? Yeah. Have your have your gyms closed? I mean, no, I got a new gym behind me, and it's you know it's it is what it is, dude. This this old body getting this old body going and stuff like that isn't as easy as it used to. But I'm actually down about 10, 15 pounds. And I'm, I'm, I know it doesn't sound short in my face, but I appreciate you telling me that. You know? <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm just concerned. You know, it's just you know it, the the older you get. The older you get, the harder it is to. Uh, um, That's for sure. That's for sure. Because I said I, I'm a, I'll be 44 this year, and and I haven't broke 200 yet. I'm all I'm under. I'm always 185, 190. I broke that in eighth grade, dude. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That's let awesome. me. Uh, That's awesome. Let me uh, click my echo cam. I'm getting a little bit of echo, so let me. Um, do I need to do something on my end? I don't know. No. Okay. So let me. Uh, yeah. uh, all right. So now, now I got you. So, is that better? So that 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 seems that seems good. Okay. Okay. Good. So I didn't know if that was my end, your end. So, uh, so 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 other what's what's going on at uh, Azil Cigars? Because I I went to your website the other day and you were out 
Everybody kept emailing me, Coco Chemist. So I got some coming my way. Someone bought some, and they're going to send a few my way because uh, so, you were out. What is this Coco that, Chemist? That's it's, it's the only cigar that I've ever smoked that overwhelmed me with a pronunciation of, of I would say, a chocolate cupcake, to be honest with you. So okay. I had a real nice case. So I, we, we caught a Coco Chemist. Justin was with me at designing uh, the logo. I couldn't figure out what I, what I wanted to call it. And I said, this is this is very cocoa. It's going to call it Cupcake. And uh, it was, that just wasn't going to fly, you know. Um, and yeah. we, have a, we have a branding thing that we stick with and everything like that. Um, so it's, uh, it's good, dude. I think you really like it. It's very, very good. That is good because it because if it's got some cocoa, I that's one thing I'm. Everybody always teases me. Hey, did Kevin get cocoa out of this? But I'm like, <laughs> co 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 cocoa and coffee, I think, are the two predominant flavors in tobacco that that you're going to get. Generally, you're going to get one and of Maduro's. those. Yeah, yeah, and Maduro's. Yeah, yeah. Maduro's oh cocoa. yeah, yeah. Maduro's. You're going to get a lot of cocoa, and but this is so pronounced that it's it's really sweet, but it's not flavored at all. And you would swear that it is. I mean, as you as you taste it, you're like, I I mean. The first time I tasted it, I was like, "Man, this is this is really good," but it does not sweet. It's not you don't taste any sweetness or anything like that. So uh, it's good. It's very very good. That, that right on. I can't I can't wait to uh, to to try them. So oh. we're gonna get we're gonna get right into the show. So we didn't okay. talk before we didn't talk beforehand. So you you I I have notes I'd like to talk about. Um, I, I really want to talk about like women tonight and just. I don't know. I've been reading a lot, like how, why women do the, the the crazy shit they do, and why why us guys make them do that. You know, because it is at the end of the day, it, it is all of our um, all of our fault. But um, and and then and then my daughter, you know, she she's down in Miami. I've been missing her, and luckily she is with a fantastic guy that that treats her with the with the respect that she deserves. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about women uh tonight and then not specifically in the cigar industry though we may get to that but um okay. so um and i and i figured you were the perfect uh person to, to have this discussion with i'm the guinea in, pig that, that, no I'm not the guinea pig. pig you're you're the you're going to be teaching me because back in 2010 at the desert springs bible church you started a group called caleb's man and you had a 12-week season um where you talked about the value of a woman and how to how treat a lady that, how did you hear about that that's supposed to be under the radar, bro. I can't believe you brought that up. That's a that's a I, way under the radar thing. Okay. I, I, I know everything, Brad. <laughs> yeah, have you have you do you not watch my show? You know, so uh I I find out uh everything. So well, I, it, it, it didn't start I'll tell you what about CM, it didn't start there, it started way before that, back in two thousand one. Okay. Um well, so so first let, let's start off who who was Caleb? Caleb's men. So so, so, uh, uh, so who's Caleb? Okay, well let me talk, shut up. Um okay. the, uh, <laughs> So I was at, I, I was working at a very large church at the time. And I was, uh, I, I, I took a job as a, you know, college and adult pastor at that point. And uh, they wanted to start a college and adult ministry. And so another buddy of mine was at a larger church. Um, and he said, good luck finding any real guys to go to church. I mean, most guys go to church, either drug by, drug there by their moms, their wives, or they're there just getting through it just to get to football, you know? And uh, I said, that's not true. And he goes, no, it is. You should look at the stats. And so it was really true. And, and a book, a book came out around the same time um, called Wild at Heart by a guy named John Eldridge. And uh, it was about men getting back to masculinity and so on and so forth. Uh, it was a very good book. I recommend it for anybody out there watching. Um, 
And so I had read the book and, you know, and based upon my buddy teasing me and he says, you get a lot of girls, you won't have any guys in your ministry. And I'm like, and he goes, or the guys you'll get there are kind of femme or they're effeminate or they're, they don't want to be there in the first place. And so I, I decided to start something kind of new. Um, and I, I sent a personalized letter to about 25 guys I thought would fit the bill in my mind of what it means to be a man. Um, and 17 showed up. I know 20, 20 of them showed up. Um, three of them were late. Uh, I dismissed those three. I said, you're not committed. I need you to leave. Um, and then uh, the 17 that were there, I said, we're going to start something new and uh, it's going to be kind of cool. And we're going to teach about uh, biblical masculinity. And I'm going to take it from the, from the biblical, the biblical um, character, Caleb. If you go back in the Old Testament and look at Caleb, he was uh, commissioned by God with uh, another guy to go into the land that God gave the, the Jews um, and the Philistines were in the land. God said, that's the land I'm going to give you. But the Philistines that were there were just ginormous people. I mean, like me on steroids times five, right? With a beard way bigger than Kevin's, I'm sure. Uh, so, and uh, when the when the first spy saw it, he goes, we need to get out of here. These guys are going to kill us. And they go back and they report it to something like, I think it was 1.2 million Jews at the time that were in Israel. And uh, this one guy's talking about how the Philistines were so big. And Caleb was just like bold. He was like, hey, hold on a second. God told us we should go take this land. Let's go do it. It doesn't matter. So uh, that was inferred that he was bold. That's the first thing we talked about uh, that God wants men to be is bold. The second, the two things that were told about him in scripture was that he was fearless and he was wholehearted. So the goal that I had for that group was to, to create men uh, were bold, fearless, wholeheartedly devoted to God. So um, that was the whole premise of, I didn't even name it Caleb's when my secretary did. So at the time, I was like, I'm not sure what to call it. And she, I said, I've been studying Caleb, and I really like what he's doing. And he goes, uh, wow. She goes, she goes, wow, you should probably call it Caleb's men. I was like, all right, I'll call it Caleb's men. So Rebecca Buckaloo, thank you if you watch this, Rebecca. Uh, she named it, and it just exploded. It became this underground kind of fight club Bible study type thing uh, that we did, and it was it was huge. It, to, it still goes on to this day on the East Coast, all the way down. We have it on the West Coast. It was here in Phoenix for a time, um, and it was it was great. It's one of the best things I was uh, ever privileged to uh, start and be a part of. So, so right on. So, so what? So what? Um, what wanted you? What what made you want to start a group and then you know talk about how to treat women or how to treat like was something going on in society at that time well, that you felt yeah, the need? So, society has been. I mean, we've been prolonging adolescence for the longest time. I think we know that with men and uh, we got a lot of boys that can shave, not a lot of, a lot of men who are men, which is a fact. Yep. Uh, a lot of guys who don't take responsibility, uh, take a wife, get a job, maintain a job, even one they get paid for for not liking it. Uh, that's part of being a man. Um, and so I, I don't have a whole lot of like nice things to say about dudes uh, because I mean, in all honesty, I think we're, we're part of the problem. Um, and, getting guys to understand that I'll tell you what, from that original group, uh, CM season one, which is back in 01. Um, these guys to this day are still some of my, some of my dearest friends, uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio, and all of their wives and not, and not all of them were married and most of them were single. Uh, all of their wives personally email me. My husband is a better man because he went through this, this program. And, uh, I'm, I'm, it's all by God's grace that it worked out, but uh, it's really teaching men how to how to love women 
uh, and treat them right and uh, not let um, not let her uh, be a man. I mean, don't I mean this this whole thing in, in gender confusion today is just. I know it's not politically correct, but it's really weird. Um, where we have uh, women trying to be men and men trying to be feminine, and it's just weird because it was never meant to be that way. And I think every guy here knows that. Uh, whether you agree or disagree with that, we got genetics that can prove it. Um, so the the reality was, was teaching men to be more chivalrous was the, was the big thing, particularly in regards to women. Teaching them how to get their life together before they go take a wife, obviously. Um, and uh, making sure they understand that uh, the goal ultimately is that um, they're presenting the woman with the best life possible so that she can um, uh, assume her God-given role, you know, as a wife and potentially a mother and worker and every, a partner in life, obviously. So, and, and, and that's, a, that's not to say that I, I don't have, or that I have a perfect marriage or that I treat Jamie perfectly all the time or anything like that. Um, I'm a poor example of, uh, and a growing example of what God can do in someone's life, you know, um, as a result of that. But that's, that's essentially what uh, CM was about. And uh, particularly what I'm, what I'm, what I do now with uh, the men's ministry at, at my church, you know, it's led by a great guy and you know, Pastor Mark's a great guy and really pleasing guys uh, leading and loving their uh, families well. So I, I don't think that's a secret for me. I mean, I think, I think people know that about me. Yeah. Now, do, do you think it, it's hard in, in today's society of, of maybe some men, you know, that maybe not know how to treat a lady? Because like I said, it seems like in today's society, women, they, they, they don't want, they want to be treated equals. They, they want, the, I mean, and, and which is they should, the, the same pay, the same job. They don't want to open up doors. They don't want us to pull out chairs. They don't mm -hmm. want us to do this. And you think some men are getting mixed feelings? Because like I said, oh. my, my grandfather, my father taught me you, you hold the door for a lady. Yeah. And then now a, a lady's like, what do you, you know, I can't hold the door myself. So you, you, you think maybe some of these kids are, are confused? I think, I think, I think it's, I think that they're sent confusing signals starting. I mean, this is all, if you really want to look up something big about this, this is all based on critical theory. And that critical theory starts at the upper echelons of our educational system. So Princeton, Yale and everything like that started, started teaching critical theory uh, back in uh, the very first starts of something what we call postmodernism, which I think we're actually past in our culture. Um, but postmodernity uh, started at Princeton and Yale with uh, philosophers like um, Rarity, Foucault, um, and these were French literary critics that were basically deconstructing what truth meant, meaning they would say things like, um, do you believe that this, this computer in front of you is made with glass and plastic? And everyone knows it is, but they would yeah. go, well, why do you think it's glass and black? Just because your culture says that. So they would say things like, uh, what defines a man is his culture, not his genetics. What defines a man is, what defines a woman is her culture and how she's raised, not the genetics behind her. And what that does that I, that I think is really dangerous and what we've seen happen in our culture to this day is uh, it devalues what a woman is and it devalues what a man is. You know, And it's, and it's unfortunate because when that happens, um, and ultimately it's, Really, really, really tough um, to uh, do something. How you doing, bud? Good, man. How are you? Good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, go ahead and get what you, get what you, get, you spoke back there. No, no, no. I actually was coming in to bug you, but it's, at a hard, it's a bad time. I can always come back another day. Give me one second. Yeah, yeah. Can, can you please? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That's fine. I know I'm dropping in on No, no, no. Please, please. Give me, hey, Kevin, give me one second. Just, just I'll, I'll get back into it with you for just yeah. one second. I'm the only one up front, and I'm supposed to be relieved, but. 
give me one second, dude. But keep talking about this and, and open it up a little bit because I think it'd be, you know, really interesting. You know, um, have you? My, I guess my question is, have you experienced that yourself, and what's been your experience with that? You know, it's I I, I don't I I don't I mean I don't I don't get out. So my 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 thing is, like I said I only get, uh, you know, I I watch social media so that and and I watch the news so. And, and so I, I don't get out into the uh, the real the real world uh, per se. So I, I just I just find it strange the, the the times that we're living in with the women women I, I and I don't want to downplay or, or talk to women want to be men men want to be women women that don't want to be men that want to look like men and vice versa uh, men that want to wrestle in women's sports. Um, it's just a just a strange time that that we're that we're living in, and and I don't know I don't know what was the antithesis of it. Like, where did this happen? Of where genders got mixed up, and well, is, it, is it it just is it all social media? Um, did, well, I think know? I think I think what it is it's 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 hyper feminism, um, which is is anti man. I mean, feminism in its roots is not bad whatsoever. Equal, you know, and, and, and to understand something too, I mean, to say somebody is equal to you is absolutely fine, but we're not equal even in genetics. You understand that? Yeah. I mean, men have more, more muscle structure. I, I can't believe that Joe Rogan, someone as popular as Joe Rogan, was almost uh, canceled, if you would, by this, you know, wussified culture we're in, uh, simply because he said it was stupid that somebody would be a transgender man going in and beating up women in MMA. Every guy should be offended by that. Every guy should be like, well, what are you doing? You don't beat up women. Hit women. Well, yeah. I want one. You don't hit women, you know, but I guess if you, you know, you can, in our day and age, you can say I identify as a, as a woman now and you can go and win, win women's sports and so on and so forth. And it's, it's, it's kind of an awkward, weird time that we're in today. It really is. So, and, and I know the minute I say that, I mean, I got a, a whole group of people that call me a, a homophobe, a, uh, a, a transgender phobe or whatever else you want to call it. Uh, I don't think it's that. I just think it's, it's practical common sense. You know, I really do. And nobody wants to beat people up. Nobody wants to, you know, nobody wants to see, see a woman beat by a man. And that's exactly what happened when that whole thing went down with the MMA. Um, and, and, and a lot of times, do you think it's the lack of there being a, a father in the homes nowadays? Cause, cause, cause yep. you were, you know, we're, so did your dad, when you were a small child or a child, I will say, not maybe not small, you know, I, I don't imagine Bradley was ever a small child. Um, did he instill and in great, cause, cause I don't remember my dad, my dad never like sat me down. Like, this is how you treat a woman. This is what you do. But he was a good example to me. I watched him yeah. on how he acted, you know, he opens a door for a woman you know, and then that you just get that. So is that the same thing? How you know what you learned yeah. as a as a child? My my dad. I mean, he would he would my dad give me little pearls of wisdom here and there about treating women right. But my dad was, if my dad is anything, he is the best husband of my mom. I mean, he knows how to love a woman. So I've been married for forty eight years. You know, I mean, so um, or forty four. How old am I? I can't remember. Forty uh, <laughs> something years, right? Um, so it's public school math. Uh, so I, I think, I think that's, that's part of it. The lack of fathers in homes, lack of fathers instilling in, in, in the children and being an example. So, I mean, I, there's times I sit down and tell my son, you know, this is, 
this is part of being a man. This is part of how you treat a woman. This is part of what you do. Um, but he also sees that that's backed up by how I treat his mom, you know, and there, there are times I literally keep my kids out of our house. So my wife and I can just sit down and, and enjoy each other. You know, yeah. and I'm like, I'm like, I need you guys to go across the street, go play the neighbor's house. They're like, why? I'm like, well, there's two reasons. One, I like to have dinner alone with your mom. Cause I like her. She's my best friend. I love her. Okay. Um, so that's, that's really, really important. Um, and so, and they see me value mom, but, but the, the thing that my, my wife does, I think very, very well, um, is she lets me lead in the, in the, in the places that I'm competent in leading, you know, um, in our, in our family and how it goes, uh, in, in traditional Christian families, how, how it went is, uh, the man leads and he earns the respect of his family by providing, uh, by also leading well. And he makes, he makes the final calls, you know, on certain things. Now that doesn't mean, and I'll, I'll explain this. And I think it's important. My pastor uses as an example, and I thought it was really, really good. Uh, for every decision, there's a view, a voice, and a vote. There really is. The view are, are people who have a, a, an opportunity to see into what you're doing. And um, and then the, the voice would be people who, ha- who have, have the, the privilege of speaking into the decision you're going to make. And then finally, there's the vote. Okay. Um, so in our family, how it goes, uh, my, my other people on the outside of my family, they have a view into it. They do. My, my parents, my sister, you know, and so on and so forth. But they don't have a voice necessarily. Um, for example, I'll, I'll give you a really good practical way how this worked out for us recently. We just moved in January. I think I told you about that a little yeah. bit. I uh, got a new house. It's going great. I love it. It's great. It's wonderful. It's a house. So I don't have to work on things all the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, uh, the, uh, so when, when we were going to, uh, move, I started talking to my, my parents and, and just friends talking about, Hey, we're going to move and gave them a view into things that we were going to do and so on and so forth. And some of those people wanted a voice. They would say things like, I think you should do this, and I think you should do that. Uh, well, they don't have that right to say that in my life. And, you know, I didn't tell them, like, hey, boy, I don't respect your voice. I was like, okay, this is sometimes good advice. Um, but then we sat down with my children, all three of them, even Savannah, um, and I said, uh, you have a voice into this. I want, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned how this move is going to affect you. I want to hear from you. So tell me a little bit about how you're feeling about the move. Tell me how you feel about moving from this house to a new house. I mean, you saw the new house, you see you got, you got bigger bedrooms and it'd be kind of fun and cool. And um, they call it a mini mansion. It's not a mansion. It's really nice inside. Um, it's, it's, it's a big mansion. Nice. You know what it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like that. Uh, so uh, I said, but you guys have a, a, a voice in this guys. We want to hear it. And we heard from all three of them. It was really interesting to hear from them and how they felt and everything else like that. Uh, and then finally, my wife and I have the vote, you know, and, uh, and my wife would tell you, and this would be from her voice, uh, she would say, my, my husband's the, you know, the, uh, the, hey, Nick, what's up, buddy? Uh, he's he's the, uh, the leader, you know, so he's the vote breaker if he needs to. But because I love my wife so well, and I know her, and she's my best friend and everything else like that, every decision that I make is for her benefit. Does that make sense? Like I, I make these decisions for her benefit. I moved. In fact, I moved to show you why I was not good in this area in my life. Um, I moved from Phoenix when I was out here in 2005 to 09. And I took a, a, a role as a lead, a lead pastor planting a new church in Ohio. And my wife didn't want to leave. And I was like, get in line. I'm the leader. Right. She was miserable for four years. There was no doubt that she was miserable. She let me know that the whole time. You know, <laughs> she was miserable. Uh, and I saw on her face, and I remember at one point, I got out of church ministry, and I was in the corporate world for a minute. And uh, 
I remember calling her and a, a, a buddy of mine said, uh, and this is where somebody who has a view can also have a voice. And I, and I love this guy dearly. And he said, uh, I'm just telling you, man, I don't think you're leading your wife well. And I said, what do you mean? I don't even provide, provide for her and everything. He goes, yeah, but you're not listening to her. She's, she's struggling in Ohio. And I'm like, wow. And I, I, it, I really respected the guy. And so I was like, all right. All right. So I went back to my wife and I said, um, what if we move back to Phoenix? How do you feel about that? And she goes, don't tease me. First thing she said, <laughs> don't tease me. I'm like, I'm not teasing you. I'm being sincere. And we still had our house back here. We owned it and everything was rented some friends. And she said, uh, I would absolutely love that. And from that moment on, my whole goal was to get back to Phoenix. Went back to my uh, the corporate job I had and said, uh, I'm leaving. And they said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm not sure, but I'm going back to Phoenix. And I said, well, our corporate office out there could use you. And I said, well, I don't want to do that. I don't, I'm not a corporate guy. I couldn't figure that out yet. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, uh, it was a great job, great pay, company Lexus, that kind of thing. Um, but uh, moved back out here and uh, made a life for ourselves out here. My wife has never been happier than being out here. Uh, and so uh, that was the time I, I failed her. And, and part of that repentance or that act of coming back and being a good husband uh, and a good friend, better better friend, was to put her back in a, in a place she, uh, she would love. Now, I like Phoenix. I don't love Phoenix. Just so you understand. Yeah. I mean, it's coming up on, on the hottest time in Phoenix, mm. and I'm not looking forward to it. Okay? I like Phoenix for about six months. The other six months – yeah, not 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 so much. And, uh, no. and 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 before Jessica met me, she she was she was going to pack up and take the kids back to North Carolina. She's from Jersey, grew up there, Jersey, New York. She spent five years in North Carolina before she came down here to Florida. She loves North Carolina. She was going to pack everything up and go back to what she considered her home. She loves the mountains, loves the outdoors. And then of course she met me, um, and then uh, I, I try and you know explain to her the same thing. I, I make a lot of snap decisions, a lot of decisions. Uh, she sacrifices a lot so I can sit here in this office and I try and tell her that all the time. It, it's for you. It's for the kids. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, I'm not going to be, you know, we're not going to be 65 years old working. We're not going to be 60 year old still working as in, because we have to for a living. Right. What, what, we got we got to pay the price now. We got to get this done. And, and so I, I promised her uh, a cabin in North Carolina uh, one day and not like, like within one, like five, within five years from now. So that's, and not as a permanent home. Cause I like the city. I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I like, I could do a cabin a month at a time and that's about, mm-hmm. and that, that's about it. So, yeah. Um, but that, that's, that's one of the things we do for, for our women. And, and but that's, our, that's, it, I mean, that, the biggest thing is just teaching guys leadership and some guys, I mean, if you didn't have a dad at home or you, or you didn't catch that from another guy in your life, some guys have no idea, you know, how to, how, to, how to put gas in the car, how to change oil in the car, much less how to open a door for a woman and why that's important, particularly when they're coming from society that says, well, that's chauvinistic to open a door for a woman. That's, yeah. that, that's, that's sexist to offer to pay for a meal on a date. It's not sexist. It's not chauvinistic. It's called chivalrous. Okay. Yeah. So we're trying to take that back a little bit, you know, and so the, the guys that come in contact, the guys I, I, I lead here and uh, with my, my buddies and so on and so forth. And uh, I just, I, and quite frankly, they, they all agree and they see it. It's not, it's not complicated, but sometimes I get tagged as a chauvinist or a uh, homophobe and all these other things. And I'm not, you know, quite frankly. Um, but it's, it's one of those things that, um, you know, people will tag you as particularly when you, when you value women, you know, and you say, I, I value my, I have two daughters. 
I have two daughters and a son, so I, I, I want to do this well. I, my, my oldest daughter, Savannah, got married to a great, great guy who is a leader and a great guy. I really like Ethan a lot. You know, so I think that's important to recognize. And I want my son, you know, when he has the opportunity to bring home a girl to, you know, to, to offer to maybe marry her or something like that, that I look at her and I go, well, how's he? How's he? Tell me. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll dismiss my son. I'll say, you go, go play basketball or something like that. I just want to sit down with her. How you doing, sweetie? Tell me about kids. Yeah. That's it. Now, now, when you were growing up, um, mm -hmm. and you can't say your mom, so um, um, uh, were, was there one or two like really influential women in your life, either as ad ch children, adolescents, teenagers? And before you before you answer, um, is this woman one of those people? I don't know who this is. Um, I I don't. Let me let me let me pop it back up on the screen. Um, I don't know. Who, I don't know whose hair is more beautiful, hers oh, or yours. You contacted uh, somebody, buddy. You sure it did. Was, uh, you sure did. Uh, oh boy. So who is who is that young lady? I just I just got the mullet picture up on. <laughs> Kevin found a mullet picture. The achy breaky bad mistakey. Oh, oh, look at that. That is that's glorious. That is my beautiful glorious. Life. Yeah, that's me when I was uh I was what, nineteen? Yeah, nineteen. Waterfall of hair running. Yeah, down that's your back. Yeah, mom and dad's that. old couch. Right. Mom and dad's old cat old blue couch. Um brass fire. Yeah, that the brass fireplace. That's our child at home, man. That's yeah. that's yeah. Uh, bringing back memories. Uh, <laughs> now who is this young lady? That that young lady would be my current wife and my forever love and wow. all those things. So that's my that's my wife. The uh, the dude next to her was the former version of myself, uh, <laughs> much skinnier with much more luscious locks of hair uh, that flowed like waterfalls over my shoulders. Um, flowed like the salmon of Capistrano. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, dude. The Aggie Breaking Bad mistake. He was big back then, man. I had a Kawasaki Ninja, and I, yeah. I played drums in a band, and I had my hair flown as I went on went on my bike, and as I played the band, and I was a drummer, and I had a fan that would blow my hair as I. Is, is that is that is that why you bought your new Jigsaw? You know to, to yeah. relive, relive <laughs> the. Uh, now you just have the beard flowing because the beard flow. It's uh, yeah, it's split. I wear a helmet now because I live yeah. far away. But so. uh, yeah, it, it, when I used to ride, it, just, it would split back in two, and I come yeah. in and become a. Moses part in the red beard or something like that, right? Um, so, so all joking aside, you know, from that, you know, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna do this every time you're on, Brad. So at least you're not shooting birds in this story. So, no, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my you do god, your homework, bro. I'll give you that. You do your homework. Uh, that, yeah, that I, mean, I mean, outside of my mom um, and probably my grandmother, I'd say outside of my mom, my grandmother and my wife are probably two of the most influential people you know, women in my life, my, my wife, for sure. I mean, who's loved me through thick and thin, um, thin what, about, what about growing, thin what about growing up other, other than your mom, whether it was my grandma, yeah, yeah, my grandma, I had a, I had a grandma named Mossy Sue. Uh, oh, a great she, name that is. Yeah, yeah. No, she's, <laughs> she's, a, she's a hillbilly from Hazard County, Kentucky. Um, and so, uh, my grandma, man, she, uh, she was wonderful. She, I mean, the, just the right amount of spice and, you know, piss and vinegar with that Kentucky, like, hard growth. She, she raised, how many uncles? Four or five? Five uncles? Three, yeah, yeah. She raised five boys, three girls. 
So she knew how to discipline boys, that's for sure. She used to make if I if I did something wrong, remember switches before everything yeah. was like child abuse? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she she'd make us go out and choose our own switch, right? Choose our own switch. So I get the I get the thinnest one I can find thinking that was gonna help me. And grandma was maybe a hundred pounds sopping wet. And she would just whip that thing against my legs and it'd be all you know, all all rented up and I'd come home to mom and dad and say, Grandma switched me. She could think of what you do, you know, from getting on the roof to shooting off fireworks or breaking something in the house, you know. <laughs> she, she definitely sounds like she she deserves a cigar in her name, right? Right. You know, uh, uh, yeah. Mossy Sue. Mossy Sue, dude. Mossy Sue. So, yeah, my, my my grandmother was the same way growing up. You know, four yeah. foot five. You know, hundred pounds and just. Yep. The, I mean, just the nicest, sweetest, meanest lady. You right. know, she, right. she was. She 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 grew up. Uh, 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 they they had a farm when my dad was growing up, and then when they got older, she was the uh, um, uh, in charge of like uh, um, like uh, basically like head lunch lady at like three right. different schools. So it was. Uh, she was a she, she was a mean old mean old bird, but uh, was, uh yeah. yeah. So my, yeah, my, mine was Gra- Grandma Dorothy. So yeah, and it's Grandma uh, Dorothy. Grandma Dorothy, yeah, I know. Just, just good names that you don't, you don't salt, hear salt anymore. Of earth, salt of the earth, people. You know, salt, salt of the earth, and uh, um, let, 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 let my, you know, and so we were. I remember being at the uh, um, the cigar lounge, and it was probably probably about two years ago, maybe a little bit longer. I had walked in, and and I was a, a locker member, so the locker members get, you know, they have like one section like off to the side, but have really nice big leather chairs. Anybody yeah. could sit in them, but if a, if a locker member came in, that was like the locker members that was their 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 seat. So I was sitting down with a half a dozen other guys one day, and uh, and preacher Joe and him and his wife were, were preachers here. They actually just moved up to Virginia to take on another church, but he comes in. And, uh, and, and he's not a locker member, but I, but I get out of my seat and I'm like, Hey, you know, there, there you go. And he goes, no, you don't have to do that. He goes, you're, you're a locker member. I go, if my grandma Dorothy found out that a preacher walked in <laughs> and I, and I, and, and she had been gone for years and years and, uh, and, and she found out that I did not give up my, my chair for a lady or a preacher. That would she that she, all she would lose it all for me, you know. Right, so right. That was, right. Uh, but that, but but that was that's what that that she instilled in me. Even she's been gone for so many years, you know. Just my love for her and my fear for her ghost uh, is, is is that great. She still instilled that in me, you know. So those 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 great those great women that, awesome, that, that had a that had a role in our lives. So what about um? Uh, we're getting ready. To, and it scares me because I, I haven't worked with a woman in a long time, and I say dumb shit. We're getting ready to hire a new service manager as a, uh-huh. and she's a woman. Um, and and I say that like like it's like like no, everybody should no, come I stare mean, at the woman in the shop. But you worked in shops. Did did you have a lot of women working with you? No, in fact, you know, one. Of, I mean, that, that is a rarity. And I think it's important to you know to recognize that. Um, I mean, the cigar industry by and large is male. The auto industry, by and large, is male, yeah. um, and so I came. I, I came out of the auto industry and the cigar industry. So, um, yeah, the, the women typically secretaries. Or um, I did have uh, a female mechanic uh, one time, a technician. Uh, she was great, very detailed, uh, very good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think it's. It'll be interesting being a a female service manager in charge 
of a bunch of men, you know, and how that the dynamics of that and everything like that will work. And, you know, um, I've had female bosses before, you know, and I think it's, uh, it could, it could play out well. And, you know, know, I, I hired a young girl. She was going back 20 years ago when I, when I, when I ran a shop, um, you know, and she was uh, going through, so she was 17 going through the, the vocational Institute, learning how to be a mechanic. So mm-hmm. she applied for an open position. And, um, and I, I told her, I said, you're, you know, you're definitely qualified. I mean, she was changing oil and tire rotations, things like that. And I go, sure. no offense to you. I need your dad to come in here. I need to talk with your dad, you know? So, uh, and she brought her dad in and he was born and raised in Florida. He was like six, six, probably 400 pounds. And he was a man's man. And, yeah. uh, and I told him, I said, I said, you know, I'd like to hire your daughter here. I, I go, this is a shop full of guys. And, and uh, he goes, she's the only girl with six brothers. You think there's anything in this shop that you could say that she hasn't heard before? And, uh, and, he, and he's like, just treat her with respect and we'll be okay. You know, sure, so, sure, sure. you know, but yeah, I had to talk to her dad first. I'm like, I, I don't know what to do here. You know? Right, right, right. And right. then she's, and we're still yeah, friends. Too, yeah. Yeah, still, still friends to this day. So mm-hmm. great. You know, but yeah, we're, we're getting a, we're getting a girl in the shop. So, um, that, you know what it can also, I mean, I've seen, I mean, the thing I, I was just talking to my sister about this today and I think it's important. Um, men and women have different genetics and different brains. Just so you know, like when, when, a, when the, when this, when the, Hey, what's up? Good to see you here. Um, when you, when the sex of the boy is being determined in the womb, Testosterone is released, obviously. Okay, and what that actually does, it severs part of the neurons between the two brains. That's why women can think with both both sides of their hemispheres of the brain. Guys typically go with one or the other. They just do. Um, and so, a lot of times, people think that you know that this is why women, you know, they can they can they can hold a baby, have a conversation on the phone, watch a movie, and make dinner all at the same time. <laughs> Guys can't do any of those. One of those <laughs> things, right? They just can't. You know, and so. <clears throat> um, appreciating that difference, um, particularly the detail orientation, I think is great. But there's also something with women that's that's tender, that's loving and sincere. And I like this is why we send guys to war. I mean, guys, uh, Kevin and I were you know we're fighting side by side. You know, in a war, Kevin gets shot. You know, I'm 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 two seconds thinking about Kevin getting shot, and then three seconds later, I'm firing back. You know, yeah. and charging the hill because he killed my friend. You know, like that type thing. You put women in the women in the same same situation. Um, they've done studies and studies on this. Uh, they, there's a freezing up or an emotional thing, and we tend to think that's a weakness. It's not a weakness; it's a strength. And that tenderness that a woman has, I, I can't I'll tell you how this plays out in business. How it play out here at Zill Cigars. We have we have a, a friend of ours in Cincinnati, Ohio, that my sister's really close with. Well, her mother died suddenly, just just recently, just suddenly. And my sister's like, I need to go back. I need a couple of days off to go be with Kelly. I'm like, I absolutely understand that. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I would not do that. I would not do that. And that's not yeah. because I don't have a heart. That's because I'm a dude and I can separate my emotions a little bit better and I have a business to run. You know, it's not to say she's not a, an accurate part of this business, but that's just, that's appreciating the difference between guys and girls. And my sister brings so much to our company with sweetness. She's one of the sweetest people in the entire world, nicest people in the entire world. Everybody loves her who's ever met her. Um, and so I, I think that's, Appreciating appreciating the differences in the sexes is much better than trying to be like one of them. I don't want to be a girl. I want a girl to try to be a man. Be who God created you to be. It's okay. It really is. So I think that's the thing we can all 
confused about and everything else like that. And then that's when it becomes controversial. I mean, we wouldn't be fighting about this, quite honestly, in our culture if it was normal. Obviously, it's not. You know, we wouldn't be fighting about it. But we, we see people fighting about it, you know, all the time. And I, I think it's it's just better when a girl's a girl and a guy's a guy. And, you know, you, you, you act according to the roles and, and everything else like that. It's, it's God instilled in you. You know, but I know that's controversial now. It never was, but now it's yeah. all controversial. And now everyone's going to say, I'm, I'm this, that, and the other. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a chauvinist. That's great. Ask every woman in my life if I'm a chauvinist. Okay. Yeah. Ask, ask every man. I'll bend over backwards to help my sister or anybody else out. You know, so it sounds like throwing guys out on their face here that disrespected my sister, you know, and stuff like that. So does a chauvinist do that? No. He laughs at his sister. Exactly. Now, now, uh, and then there was Zeal Cigars. You know, at one time, Savannah, your daughter, worked with you. Your your mm-hmm. sister currently works with you. Absolutely. Your mom, your mom is co-owner of Zeal Cigars. Mm-hmm. You got your your wife at home that that you know is in in a, in, in a role in a corporate level that can yeah. help you make decisions. Uh, you know, on on your business. So absolutely. How has working with this many women um, <laughs> influenced not only your day to day actions inside the shop? but your mm-hmm. decision-making processes, maybe when it comes to hiring new staff, bringing in product, naming product. Um, is it, um, is it helpful? Is it sometimes too much because they all have different varying opinions? Y- y- yes. <laughs> Both. And, and great. Well, I'll, I'll say this. I think it's important. So the, the women I've, I've probably, all those people you spoke to are related to me. So I, yeah. I work, I work with all those, these people related. So, Whenever you work with somebody who's related to you, that's it's complicated. You know, it just is, just by nature of the fact that you have um, you have history with somebody um, that's both good and bad. You know, so I was I was a I was a real bad bad big brother growing up till about eighth ninth grade when I actually found Jesus, and then after that I was better, not incredibly great, um, <laughs> but uh, you know I, I think you know, and then with my wife, my wife just has known me and has seen me grow and stuff. So when you when you work primarily with a lot of women, um, I, I think it's important, and I, I try to balance this, but because I'm a dude's dude, I don't always do it perfectly. Um, with, with guys, you can just say, hey, get back to work, or we don't have time for this, you know, go do something like that. Sometimes you, you need to talk. You just need to talk things out and so on and so forth. And, you know, when they're your family and when they're close to you, you take them to do that. You know, um, when they're not, you don't. You know, I mean, at least they don't. Um, I've told this many times many different women, if you would, um, I'm not interested in having a relationship with anybody but my wife, you know, a, a, unless, unless they have the last name Reith and my sisters. I really don't, I don't have any, I don't have any friends who are girls or I, I do, but like, I, I know their husbands were well, that makes sense. They're, they're, they're good friends of mine and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't go out on dates with, I don't go out on friend dates or whatever you call it, things like that. So, um, I think that's a, that's a really thing, but for business, sometimes you have to, you know, I, I have to meet with, you know, women, so we have women reps, you know, if you would, they come in and so on and so forth. And, um, but I, I don't, I don't think I'm a chauvinist. I don't think I'm, I, I think I respect all of them uh, where they are. I will say something about um, cigar roles, roles in the cigar industry for women. Yeah. Um, I think it's really interesting. I think women, as far as operations are concerned, have, have, at least I have seen them to be so much more detail oriented and so much better at catching little things. My sister is a master organizer. She really is. And she does a great job at that. I am a master chaoser. That's what I am. I, I'm just, I'm chaotic. I, I work with organized chaos every day. Okay. But 
Uh, I'm not nearly as organized. I can't get out 300 orders, you know, in a day. I can't do those things. My sister can. You know, I can sell it, but I can't get all that stuff. All the, yeah, all and, the and, else. And, and I've heard that from other people in the cigar industry, and it's women are better not only organization, just keeping track of the little things, you know, like, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, like, like we're doing this, you know, and, and we're, and we're wasting, you know, a penny at a time. And then I would look at it and be like, well, who cares? It's a penny. And then right. a woman would look at it and go, but oh. you're wasting it a hundred thousand times. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's only a hundred thousand pennies. What is that? $2? You know, I don't know. I don't care. I don't have time to think about it. You know, yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, and a woman would be like, no, we're wasting hundreds of thousands of dollars a year when you're adding up pennies from here, pennies from here. And, um, um, and so I, and I hear that from a lot of people, brand owners, factories, um, that, that women, you know, play in, and that's why, why do you, why do you think Carlito Fuente is grooming, his daughter to, to, to take over the industry. You've got so many well, of these, the, these I, fantastic women. I'll say this too. I think there's something that when you, when you talk about it's an aid to women to be more organized and more um, uh, detail oriented than men. By nature of fact, if you just look at as how we're created for men are created, you know, for, you know, um, you know, the, the, the war, the battle, all these things that, that, that make us kind of who we are. And, um, Women are, are, are created. And they, they do something. I mean, let me just ask you this. I want to ask you this. But how many men can honestly say, I, I can't run my home? I, I can't run my home. My wife can. I can't. I can't. I, just so you know, dude, I don't go grocery shopping. And it's not because I don't want to. I can't. I, I don't know what I don't know what I have to. I would get like pizza and cheeseburgers, and I would never have broccoli and Brussels sprouts and I, things I like could- that. I could run this home like Jessica used to run her old Kia Sedona minivan. She kept it on the road. It was it was struggling. It, it was it was struggling, but she kept that thing limping along. I would keep this facility limping along. But yeah, we but, agree that there's a there's a great thing about a woman's touch. There yeah. really is. It, it and it's all over society and everything else, and that's great. That's no one's taking anything away from that at all. And I, I just think I think that that's you know a beautiful. I think it's what my what my sisters and what women I worked with in the industry have uh, done a good job of doing. They're very detail oriented, very detail oriented, and I see that. The thing that does rub me the wrong way is you know the you know the ones that use their sex appeal to sell cigars. I kind of rub me the wrong way. So I think they're I think they're, they're, they're better than that. You know? Next next question. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. So not not really that, but uh, but working with these women because because I only I, I only talk to like two women in the cigar. I, I mean I talk to women in the cigar like online like like our sure. friends like like we have. But sure. so I, I get to talk with with uh, with Jessica and I get to talk with Caribbean Hante, his his wife Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get to to talk with your mom, your sister, your daughter, mm-hmm. um, you know, your wife. What what is their opinion of that of of the. Um, the, the sex in the cigar industry because zeal cigars does not support that zeal cigars doesn't have the uh, um, the half naked women which which I which I appreciate neither does cigar prop we don't not not that we don't condone that if that's your business of doing that and it's how you make a living selling the cigars brand ambassador more power to you I, I, I love you sisters of the leaf do what you you do to to do your thing but what what are the women in your life what are their general consensus of, of, of that especially the ones that Maybe your mom and then your daughter, Savannah, you know, not really, you know, until they worked for you being thrust or that thrust upon them. <laughs> so my mom, so Arturo Fuente has like a, a poster 
They sent us. Uh, like I, know, I, I know which you know, person. My yeah. mom, the first day she sees it, she's, she takes the ZL Team Zoo sticker, puts it right over the nipple. And I'm like, Mom, it's like, it's all right. She's like, no. And I'm like, all right. So we got the poster up there with the ZL Team sticker sticker over the nipple. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, we've had conversations about it here and there. It doesn't really come up a lot because we don't want to talk about it too much. Um, but, uh, I guess the, the questions they ask me is, you know, do, do women who do these reviews that, you know, obviously use your bodies to get some of that, what, what do you think? They asked me what I thought about it. And I said, uh, some of them have great palates. Just so you know, the stuff that they're saying is not inaccurate about the cigar. Uh, why yeah. guys don't watch them, it'd be different. You know, yeah. um, the, uh, but I, I think I, I, they're, they're people, they're created by God and God's image. You know, I, I love our sisters of the leaf like anybody else. So I'm not, I'm not trying to hurt them or their feelings or anything like that. I think there's a there's an unfortunate devaluing of their opinion and um, of their uh, of who they are when that happens, you know. Um, and that's and, 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 like I said, I, I love the death. I have no, I have nothing against you know um, any of those. But you know, when you put out a swimsuit issue, you know it's gonna it's gonna get more views, you know, than, than maybe a video. So. Maybe I need to put out a swimsuit issue. That's yeah, maybe. maybe. I, 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 I was just talk, I, I was just talking with a manufacturer like two weeks ago, and uh, <laughs> or, or a, a non a, a, a factory owner, mm-hmm. um, and then we, I was at a lounge, and, and we, the topic came up too, and like the half naked, <clears> and he's like, Ke-, he knows Kevin, you know, because because he knows I, I've been on this tangent before. He's heard mm-hmm. the what all the other stuff, and he's like, you know, naked women have been part of this uh, of the of the tobacco industry. Since since the very beginning, you can't cha- you know you can't change anything. We're just trying to bring that back, and then I don't know. Maybe it was the wrong. So it's prostitution. Well, the only thing I came back with was yes, slaves were a big part of it back then too. You want to bring them back? You know, and it's just like he just looked at me, and I'm like, yeah, I did. You don't have to answer that. So I'm like, had, it's the that's the worst logic in the world. When we had some back in the day, it started like this. You know, I mean. Well, I mean, if you if you know the the history of the the ice cream man song, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a horrible horrible racial song, you know. And I'm like I'm like, well, it started out as good. Well, they probably don't want to keep supporting it if it did that, you know. That's why they changed it up at all the ice cream trucks, you know. That yeah. type thing. So, but so I mean, yeah, that that that's illogical at that at that point when, you, when you're saying that. So, but I don't want any any of my sisters out there to believe to think that I'm. Degrading them or devaluing them, I love them to death. They they know that, and every time we've had a conversation, you know, over video or something like that, I've been on a show like that. I've always told them the same thing. I, I respect their opinion and so on and so forth, and I got nothing against them whatsoever. I just and, and remember when you're asking me these questions, you're asking some somebody who is a Bible believing Christian who yeah. lives that way and, and believes that way. So as a result, you've got those things to work through. So somebody goes, <laughs> so "What what was what, dude?" He said. Uh, it was so obvious. He goes, he goes, so what if he threw me, he tried to throw me a curveball and he goes, so what if I got, what did he say? It was something to the degree that, Oh, it was, it was, he was trying to do the whole sex before marriage thing. I said, I said, what? Well, I'm a Bible believing Christian. What do you want me to say? And he goes, I want to know what your opinion is. So, okay. My opinion is wrapped up in the personal work of Christ and Jesus Christ. I, I, it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to, to give you the answer that you're wanting because I, that's what I believe. And he goes, well, you're one of those people, huh? And I'm like, oh. I just told you I was. I mean, what do you want me to say, dude? I mean, I just told you I was – that's what I believe. I said, but you can't respect my beliefs 
you're intolerant of my beliefs. Oh, I see how this works. I have to tolerate what you say, but you can't tolerate what I say. I think that's intolerant. And he just went ballistic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I can't oh my it. gosh, man. There's a big deal. And I, I think that's, you know, this, <clears throat> this idea of um, tolerance. It was written in a book about 24 years ago by a guy named Josh McDowell. And he wrote a book called The New Tolerance. And back then he talked about how a day, a day was coming where there would not be a thing called tolerance anymore. It would just be acceptance of anything and any idea of everybody. Uh, and I'm, I'm sorry, dude, I don't, I, don't, I don't agree with Sharia law, just so you get that. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with the abuse of women, okay? I don't agree with throwing homosexuals off a temple mount to kill them. I don't, I don't agree with any of that stuff. That's in Sharia law. I don't, I don't agree with that, okay? So when I say that to, to somebody, well, now you're being intolerant. I'm not being intolerant. You're intolerant of my beliefs at that yeah. point. So that, so that's a, that's a, that's a big thing where everyone thinks you have to believe all the same and accept what somebody believes. You don't have to accept what somebody believes, guys. You don't. That's not being intolerant to not accept it. Okay, it's called being human and have a freaking opinion. All right, it really is. That's the great thing. I tell you what, dude. I tell you, somebody you need to start watching, man. This guy, Tom McDonald. Have you heard of this guy yet? No. You should go write down Tom McDonald. He is one of the most controversial rappers. He doesn't rap about controversial things. He just raps about, you know, things that are great and are true and how everyone's triggered about everything. You know, it's his name's Tom McDonald. It's great. He's a he's a great, I mean, great rapper. He's really creative. He's funny too. That's why I like him too. Um, but he has this he has a song um called Fake Woke. And it is just unbelievable, dude. I mean, you're, he starts out by saying, I think it's funny that uh, I'm the one that they label as controversial, but Cardi B is our role model for 12-year-old girls. Yeah. 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 That's the opening line to that song. I was like, oh, who is this? Yeah. When when WAP becomes, becomes the number one thing we want our little girls, you know, to aspire to. Are you serious? Yeah, that's how crazy our culture is right now. So, and by the way, I'm not crazy. I'm not, I'm just a normal dude who's just like okay, that seems weird. This seems. I mean, we should be like, mm, nah. Cardi, Cardi B's weird. I mean, the 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 fact. I, I don't know. Anyways, and he he has he just released a new a new song called uh, called Church, and it's about a person who's an addict, um, a person who's an addict going to God. And struggling with giving up his addiction, right? Which is, don't you think everyone could respect that? Like, I mean, everybody. That, that's a great thing. And he gets tagged as being anti, uh, anti addiction. What do you call it? You know, I mean, the dude. Here's the problem in our culture, Kev. Because of online stuff, the internet's great and it's terrible. We both know that. Yeah. Um, it, it allows people have who would have no right to speak in a regular conversation, somewhat of a right to speak on social media. And uh, you can't police it because trolls exist. Uh, but the fact of the matter, these cowards are just annihilating people left and right over opinions. These are opinions, dude. They're not actual facts or anything. These are, these are opinions. And then when they are facts, because the facts don't respect feelings, people get triggered. It's crazy. You know, it just really is. So, But that's, that's the thing I, I think is, you know, I think, I think JB just pulled in. I think just I think I think I think just Justin Burnett make a little appearance here. Yeah, so he just pulled in, just pulled in. But yeah, so, so that 
that's what I that's what I think about that. Story. All right. So 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 along the lines of, of women, I, and I was and and I'd heard this story years ago, and then I I you know kind of looked up a little bit into it, and it's kind of more of like a Jewish thing. But um uh um I read an article last week, so I'm like, oh, we're gonna talk about women tonight. Do you believe that Adam actually had a first wife named Lilith? Do you believe in Lilith? What's going on? JB! It's my boy! It's my boy! Give me some milk! What is that? Mead. Mead? Viking, bro? You're a Viking. Viking blood, you don't know what mead is. Look at this guy. I, know. I get you. Sorry. I know. I know. Uh, so Lilith. Lilith. Do you believe Lilith existed no. and that was actually no, Adam's first no wife? Here's, here's the thing, dude. I'm just kidding. I'm going to come correct with it. I'm going to have some of you want to subscribe after this point. Here we go. Um, there, there are people who deal in reality and facts and people who fabricate things because they want to feel good about something. Here's some reality and facts. All right. Every atheist, agnostic, Princetonian, Yalian, any kind of, any kind of historical person who judges pieces of literature, they do it two different ways. I'm just telling you this as a person, not as a Christian or anything else like that. Ready? They judge it by the consistency, okay, of, of, the, of the copies, all right, over time period, and they judge it by the number of copies that we have. The second most accurate thing that we have in all of history, and you can go look this stuff up on the internet, is Homer's Iliad. No, Homer's Iliad, right? The story yeah, of Troy. Yeah, 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 Iliad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fictional stories about Greco Roman times, things like that. That's the story of Troy. I think we have, like, my numbers are probably going to be off on this, like 456 copies of that. Now, the consistency within the copies from the oldest to the newest, I think it's like 46% to 64%, somewhere in there. Okay, it varies. All right? So over a couple hundred years, it's a lot. It's a lot. Now, the, the Bible, okay, the Bible, outside of that, has been proven to be the most historically accurate piece of literature in the history, in the history of it. Guess how many copies we have of, of the Bible? It's the most. It's the most. It's like 5,400, okay? From over a 2,000-year period, guess how many? copies we have of that it's like 5400 guess what the accuracy is over that time period it's like 98.6 percent okay so okay. here's my point uh, so i'm done being a being being the uh the the princeton princeton uh, okay okay I'm i didn't have a thought one way or the other i don't know i've never heard I'm, anybody I'm just, I'm just, i have to answer this because i have to say that because people will say things like well what about lilith bro but so lilith comes from uh, who was kane's wife and that's the assumption that Adam and Eve had no more no more children outside of Seth, Cain, and Abel. That's okay. the assumption. But they obviously did because you see a whole city built later on in the Tower of Babel, right? You see yeah, that yeah. as the story. There's other, there's other people and so on and so forth. So Lilith is completely fabricated. There's, no, okay. there's nothing anywhere in history that points to her. Yeah, um, just like one little tiny Jewish text, you know, from right. like for, forever well, ago. Sure. And that was it. Well, what, what people don't understand, too, about the Bible is that, and keep in mind, I'm, I'm – I'm trained in this stuff. I have a degree in this stuff, so I'm, I'm, I know I know enough to be dangerous. That's why you know, I so. asked. I know, I know. I'm saying for our viewers, in case they didn't. Yeah. Know. Um, so the the issue with with so while the Bible was being written, um, in particular with um, the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, there are people writing other books as well. Okay, you got you have something called the pseudepigrapha, which actually means pseudo means false, and grapha means writing means false writing, and they were they were made up stories by people. Uh, at the same time, the Bible's being written. That were just stories, very much like uh, fictional things. Like if I had a uh, uh, like a fictional, um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a fictional Christian book. 
that can be released at this time. Uh, something like, um, have you heard of uh, This Present Darkness? You heard of that book before? No. It's like a book on demons and angels and things like that. Okay. Um, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, but that's fictional. It's fictional, but it's written from a Christian perspective. So there are other people at the same time writing the Bible uh, that were writing Christian fiction, essentially. Uh, and some of these books got together, and they're they part of the Sin Bigger for our false writings. And everybody then around that knew that those were Christian fiction. But the stuff about Jesus and stuff about the Old and New Testament, those things were never questioned by the early church and the fathers that were in them because of the historical accuracy within them, and particularly the Council of Nicaea. You know, we got together. That I wasn't the Council of Nicaea. What was the Council was it? It is an important council. I can't remember what it is now. I gotta go look at my notes. Uh, but but uh, uh, when it came to to essentially voting on what all what all books were in the canon or the actual Bible, the Old New Testament, there was no division on that. I mean, they, they, some there's maybe a few guys who were like, "What about that book? What about that book?" Um, but all of them agreed, and there was there was so much consistency there on what each book would have to say and what how how you have to qualify a book being part of the canon. Um, so it's it's really interesting. And, that, and I probably butchered all of that, so I have to go back and read my research. What, 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 about, what about the book of Enoch? What about the, the aliens? So the, book, so the book of Enoch, so that's interesting. So the book of Enoch and uh, – so you're talking about the books that were in the, the Catholic Bible, essentially. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We, we've been watching a lot. Ancient aliens are always talking about Enoch. Right, so, yeah. so I'm like – I keep saying that. I go, i got to ask Brad about Enoch someday. Yeah, yeah. So the book of Enoch – so during the, during the 17th century, there was the, called the, the Protestant Reformation with Martin Luther. You probably heard about that. And yeah. Martin Luther was a Catholic priest who – uh, was never a Christian, and then became a Christian, and then he had 99 problems, and the Pope was one. So he had, <laughs> he, he had 99, it's called 99 Theses, and Martin Luther went to the Pope, and he, he nailed these 99 issues he had with the Catholic Church, and the Catholic Church at that point was just wrecked. It was, it was a madhouse uh, of people paying for sin, paying for indulgences, people being baptized for their dead aunt's sin, and paying the church for it. It's messed up in a lot of ways. And Martin Luther, was a, he was a, he was a He's a pastor, and he's like, this is wrong. So he had 99 issues, and obviously the Pope was one. So he went ahead and nailed it on the Pope's door. They brought him to uh, to a trial uh, without any kind of representation, basically. Asked him to recant, and he said, I stand here, and I can do all else. So he didn't recant. They had a plan to execute him, but his boys grabbed him, put him in a tower, and he was the one who translated the Gutenberg Bible. So the first time the Bible was oh, written okay. in this language, that was Martin Luther. If I'm correct in all that, go back and check my history. I'm, this is all – I don't have my stuff in front of me. This is all from memory, and it's been a while. Uh, so um, so Martin Luther never wanted to start the Protestant church, but if you go through the word Protestant, it means protestant. It's protesting you know, the, the Catholic church at that point. Well, the Pope hated the fact that all these Protestants were breaking up, starting their own little, you know, little churches, and it was growing like weeds. And so he decided to take these, these certain books – that no one really ever agreed was supposed to be part of the Bible. And he was like, that's our Bible. And he stuck the extra books in there. So that doesn't mean, here's the, I'll say this about the book Enoch and uh, like Ecclesiastes 4, 3, there's some other ones in there as well. Um, uh, that doesn't mean these stories in there aren't valuable. They were just not canonic or meaning like to be part of the Bible. It doesn't mean they're not valuable. In the Maccabean period as well, uh, I think is actually when most of that was written. The Maccabean period was a time between Malachi or Malachi, if you're Italian, uh, yeah. Malachi <laughs> and uh, Matthew. It's a time between the Testaments where God was silent for 500 years because he said in Malachi, um, the next time I come, I'll come and I'll come in the flesh. It'll be the Messiah. And that's when Jesus came. So it was God speaking literally through his son. 
uh, at that point. So if that makes sense, you know, you guys are all getting a big Bible study tonight. I'm sorry for it. It, 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 it does. And, 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 and just in case, I mean, a lot, a lot of people know what, what my, you know, what faith or lack of faith is. Uh, but there is one thing I keep beside my bed. Holy Bible. Did Martin Luther not post something? What was it? Who was it? So, uh, so who who was the one? I thought Martin Luther did that. Hold on a second, dude. Okay, if you're gonna tell me I'm wrong, you guys cite it for me. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know, but yeah, I, I keep and this is this is my Bible. It's 20 years old. It's yellowed. It's highlighted. Huh? It is dog-eared. So this is I keep this beside my bed. It has mm -hmm. been beside my bed in every house I've lived in for over 20 years. Yeah, oh, wow. so, you know, so yeah, I do keep. Uh, so for those of the you know that say Kevin is uninformed, uh, I am. I I'm not as yes, informed as Brad, but I yes, do try. I, I do try and keep. Roger, I am right. Go look it up historically. Um, so that, that's okay. I don't, you don't have to agree with me, but it's historically it's accurate. Um, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, dude. Yeah, and and you know, I, I didn't know what I was talking about tonight. You you, you brought the you brought the fire and the thunder. Yeah, um, I, I, I just want to, and then, and then, and then, you're swimming in familiar waters with me. So I was, I was a pastor for 20 years and I'm classically trained. I've 12, 12 credits short of my master of divinity and I uh, have my um, bachelor's in uh, science and Christian ministries, sociology and uh, historical. Uh, yeah. you know, and, and, you're, and you're the only one that will tell it to me straight. You know, like I said, I, and I love my parents, but my right. parents, you know, my parents are, you know, they're, the, 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 they're the they're the thumpers, you know. They're, they're just you know. You ask a question, like just read your Bible, just read the Bible. And I'm like, no, I don't. I want to know what you think. Well, I, I think with the Bible, you know. And, and my dad's and my dad's a great guy, you know. And, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, and, and my mom is too. But you know, yeah, that's why I like asking you these questions. And then yeah. I, you know, I want to talk about um, which I never understood um, um sure. a woman's role in the church you know one thing that's mm -hmm. always bothered me is the subservient role that women play in some churches mm -hmm. some denominations you know mm -hmm. when you know and then here you know I got a little note here you know the bible teaches women are not only equals with men galatians 328 but are mm -hmm. also set apart for special honors 1 peter 37 husbands mm -hmm. are commanded to love their wives sacrificially as christ mm -hmm. loves the church even if necessary at the cost of their own lives Absolutely. Ephesians 525 through 31 mm -hmm. um so if, if women are equal why why is there such a a divide in the church. Some women can't be priests, pastors, whatever you want to call them, and they're and they're secretaries. Or why why is that that why is there that hierarchy in church when when the Bible says you know that, that they are equal? So they're they're. I'll answer this two ways. One, I'll just I'll kind of give you the flat answer because I think um, I think that's what you want. Uh, one, just because someone says equal doesn't mean their roles are the same. I mean, it's equal, equal but different. I mean, we don't want to, we, oh. say that, we say that men and women are equal, and they are equal, but roles are very different. I can't have a baby, okay? I, I, and you don't want to see me have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Be crying like a like a new new prom, you know, new new queen or whatever. Uh, I don't know what I was gonna say. Um, I'd be crying like crazy. So, uh, case in point. Um, so in in scripture, there's there's a couple of verses that talk about um, it talks about elders. And uh, it's in First Timothy uh, chapter three. Uh, it talks about elders, and it talks about elders being men. Um, and then at one point, it does talk about um, the husband should be uh, the, the elder should be a husband of one wife, meaning they should have multiple lovers or anything else like that. It should be committed uh, in the vows of marriage. Uh, also, um, there is a point in Scripture. I think it's in First Timothy. It, it flees me right now when I think about the reference, but um, it actually talks about not having a woman to teach over a man. Uh, at that point. 
And what some Christians will do is use that as that's why we shouldn't have women pastors or women teaching oh. women or anything okay. else. Like that. Um, now, uh, that's a very highly debatable thing. Uh, it really is. If you're asking my opinion on that verse, um, I think the, you know, my, my, what I see traditionally uh, in, in the church is, uh, and churches, churches come a long way in this part. I'll tell you this in the evangelical community in particular, um, having a woman um, serve in a leadership role and so on and so forth um, is, is just fine. And you can see that in scripture all the time. Uh, there's, there's, I mean, I mean, if you think Jesus didn't, didn't value women, by the way, there were twice as many women at the cross of Christ and there was men. Mary, Mary, the mother of Mag, Mary, Mary, the mother of Jesus and Mary Magdalene uh, and John were at the cross. All the rest of Jesus' buddies, all dudes bounced because they didn't want to be crucified too. Okay. So they're all cowards. Now shows you again why Christianity is so, so momentous is that all these guys were cowards and then Jesus resurrected and they became absolute studs. So takes something incredible to start something uh, like Christianity. And, and not to mention, you know, we're just talking about Jesus here. Uh, historical accuracy and historical, the number one person in history that split time, more songs been written about him, more books written about him, more art done about him than any other person in all of history. The only person who founded a religion who claimed he was God. You can't say that about any other religion. You just can't. Nobody else did. Go look it up. You won't, you won't find yeah, it. you know, and, and I have. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know what my beliefs are, but I, but I have no doubt, unequivocally, that one hundred percent that that uh, a man named Jesus from Nazareth walked the earth at one point in time. Period. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It's 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 yeah. it's uh, there's there's no debate. If you if you if you think you can debate that, there's yeah. it, you're you're wrong. I'm gonna tell you, you're wrong. And so, everyone you know, whether he was the Messiah, whether you know everything else, you know that that's where we we can differ think, a little bit. I think that's the the, the interesting thing is C.S. Lewis had a had a uh, really good statement about that when he's talking about um, what people think about Jesus. He he falls into one of three categories for people. He was either a liar. That means he was completely self deceived, and he got all these other people self deceived and everything like that. And uh, it's it's quite possible. You know that that happened. You know, so he was either a liar, or he was a lunatic. He was completely lunatic, out of his mind, and everything else like that. Or he was Lord. He is who he said he was. You know, it's one of those three options. But to just say that he was a good man—that was his good. You got to do something more with somebody who impacted history that much. You just yeah. do. I mean, he was either the best liar, the best lunatic, or he is who he said he was. So, uh, but going back to the women thing in the church, that's why a lot of churches will say we only have men pastors. When I have women pastors, they'll cite that verse, you know. Okay. There. Um, but that's that's not necessarily a super a super big thing in, in Christianity today. I think there's many women pastors and, and what have you, uh, many good ones. I've seen many good ones too that, that are uh, very good people, and um, I have a lot of respect for my sisters in the faith too, sincerely, you know. So that's not to say I, that they can't offer just as much as a man could, you know, anything. So I just want to say that for the record, so somebody didn't send me hate mail. Yeah, it, 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 funny that I'm sure after this. Oh yeah, yeah you know, I, I've, I've, I, you know, as of the last six months, I've, I've had plenty of things that that I have said have been taken askewed and 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 you know. Well, you brought a fire to Did you preach? And I'm like, I, come on, Kev, you want to think about cigars? So, 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 and and sometimes I, I'm telling you, when 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 the when the weight of the world 
is is getting me down. Jessica knows it. Um, there and there are times that where she can see it on my face. Um, she she just looks at she looks at me. She goes, "What what why don't you call Brad?" Okay. So why why don't you call? And she'll say, "Why don't you call Brad?" Brad always makes you feel better. And Brad always does make me feel, but you know, because he Brad doesn't blow smoke up my ass. Brad doesn't tell me what I want to hear. Brad is just one of my customers was listening to this. Keep going, this is pretty good. Yeah, you know, yeah. So your your laugh is contagious, but you know, it just it you you have the facts. Brad is the fact man, you know. So I don't here's the thing, man. I'm 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 too I'm 46 now. Uh it's all downhill from here, right? I don't have I don't have the time to lie about something or to joke about something anymore. I mean, I guess, you know, and when people ask me questions spiritually in particular about Jesus and you know, the cross stuff like that, I'd rather tell them straightforward, like, this is what scripture says. This is historically what, what's happened. And, you know, a dude is a dude and a woman's a woman and we should respect both. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, my wife is, my wife is walking in. Not only do I have one of my coolest right. customers, my wife is walking in. Which is awesome. Hey, baby. He's bringing it over here so I can say Kevin hi. Here. Kevin's here. He wants to say hi. Who's Kevin? Huh? Kevin for Cigar Prop. Cigar Prop Kevin. Kevin, this is my wife, Jamie. Hi. How you doing? <laughs> it's, uh, we were discussing who, has, who, has pretty, who had prettier hair back in the day. <laughs> so, uh, so true. Isn't that great? Uh, Give me one second. I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta check out a customer real quick. Uh, but take take over for just a second. I'll be right back in one two minutes. All right, right right on. So I, I got I got one last question, and we'll we'll wrap it up. So so go take care of your 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 customer. So um and then uh, uh, let's come back. Ooh, let me give put the uh, uh, I, I was oh, I was so hoping she was gonna see that. So that's uh that that is that is awesome that she got to see that. And then I'm not gonna reveal who um uh, who sent me that. Brad Brad knows Brad knows who it is. Um. Love the Brad that can show as a Christian and a Buckeye, but still respect the other sides and write to their opinion. And that's what I absolutely love about Brad. And that's what I love about Cigar Show Tim and uh, uh, my, my good buddy Vic and Robert and Caesar. So many of these, these, these great Christian brothers um, that, that I absolutely um, love um, that we, we can have these, these conversations and they, you know, I, I can respect their beliefs, what they talk about. Um, because I said, you know, it's just, I, I'm, I'm not ignorant in the, uh, um, any of these, uh, uh conversations, um, at all, because I, I do do a little bit of my, a little bit of my homework. Um, so I, I love having these great, um, uh, brothers and sisters, uh, of the leaf, um, here to, to support me and, uh, and, and here to let, you know, let, let, let me say what I want to say without saying, you know, wagging, wagging that finger, you're wrong. Let me tell you um, why you're you're wrong. Um, Roger, uh, I love that Cigar Man can talk about Christianity and be manly about it. Um, I I have no problem. I have had more in-depth conversations uh, about Christianity uh, since I've become like with with the whole show and my review channel and getting to know these guys. I I love love, gracious reader, gracious learner. I always want to learn new things so um i love learning about christianity and why why this religion says this this religion says this why the catholics say this and let me uh, let me just uh, 
uh, Mike real quick. So, um, um, and, and it's and, and it's awesome. I, I just love the camaraderie that we all have. Kevin, by the way, love you, show always showing everybody respect and their opinion, and that, and that's what and that's what it's all about. Just showing you know, just showing love and respect for for everybody. So, Brent, I heard what you said. I heard what you said. Yes, you're you're dead on right, dude. And by the way, this is this is if more people can have a civil conversation like this, guys, we can all learn something. You know, we really could, and I think that's important. So, <laughs> maybe you didn't tune in for the the Bible lesson of uh, 2021. You know, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you, you you never know what you're going to hear on the uh, the I tap that cigar. And now show. you know all about mullets and how yeah. I, I used to rival my wife's hair with my beautiful locks. Yeah, I love that your wife got to see see that photo. So uh, hopefully yeah. that is hanging up somewhere, and hopefully she hasn't seen it in forever. And she's like, "Oh my God, where did you get that photo?" And you know, <laughs> she, she she is going to. She's probably right now yelling at the person that sent it to me because they may or may not be inside your facility right now. Um, so someone has <laughs> access to those kind of things. I try to link them off the internet. My sister keeps putting them up. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it, it, dude. It, in all honesty, uh, regardless of what you think about my faith and stuff like guys, I love you. I do. I, I got no. I got no problem talking to anybody else's faith or anything else like that. Respect everybody, just so you know. So don't get don't get sideways if you you, know, you get really upset about anything I said or something like that. So. You remember my, my heart's held by Christ and, you know, really not your opinion. So, uh, but in the, in the same right, I respect you and I expect everyone talking and so on and so forth, you know, in the midst of that. So, exactly. Um, and and one, one last thing I want to know about, can you talk about Caleb earlier from the Old Testament? Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I never understood um, and nobody's ever, you know, and I guess I haven't brought it up to too many people. Um, um, you talk about the old, the Old Testament. You know, I've got a lot of Christian brothers and sisters of the leaf that, that, mm-hmm. um, um, that they say when when it comes to incorporating the gospel in their daily lives, because I'll bring up something obscure and then about like like what they like I'll dig and like hey why are you doing that? Uh, doesn't the Bible say? And then but they'll say oh that's 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 the Old Testament like that that's it. You know, we don't have to we don't have to that's the Old Testament and they say we we only live you know we and why why and I don't I don't understand I don't I, and honestly I don't understand. What, why some people say that we don't have we don't have to abide by the Old Testament, just the New Testament. Right. Why, right, why right. do some Christians believe that? I don't understand. So I, to, to answer it, it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty deep question. Um, to answer it shortly, a lot of things in the Old Testament were for the purpose of getting God's people understanding God's holiness and that they were set apart, um, uh, like for dietary laws and everything else like that, uh, for um, – and, and it was for foreshadowing that who Jesus Christ was going to be. Like if you look at and you see the the, the sacrifice, like uh, the people of Israel, um, they would the, take time. It would be the time of the year for the sacrifice. They would take two 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 goats. One would be a blemish, an unblemished goat that was completely pure and everything like that, and they would sacrifice it on the altar, and the blood would roll over the altar, showing that in order for sins to be forgiven, blood had to be spilled. Okay. And so, and you see this actually at the very beginning of the of Genesis, where God calls the Proto-Evangelion, where God Himself clothed Adam and Eve by killing two of His own livestock to cover them. Remember that? So blood was shed at first sin. Blood was shed so they could understand that's how God views sin. God views sin. There has to be an atonement for that sin made against God because He's a holy God. So, so, so. Fast forward to the children of Israel in the Old Testament. There would be two goats. One would be sl- slain, okay, on the, and then the other goat would be literally put 
the priest would put his hand on the, on the um, goat's head and raise it to heaven, symbolically trans, transferring the sins of the people to the goat, and then he would release it into the wilderness. You know what they called the goat? The scapegoat. So that he would escape oh. the wrath of the other. That's where it came from, scapegoat. Okay, he would escape, escape the wrath, showing that the, the Messiah, who was the Lamb of God, okay, the Messiah was going to both atone, bleed for our sins, and through him we would be we would be escaping God's wrath that we all deserve, if that makes sense. So we yeah. escape. So Jesus was the scapegoat, essentially, but he was God. That was the coolest thing about it is that, you know, it, it, it makes all the sense in the world for God to just destroy the world because we screw up so many things. And he doesn't. He does just the opposite. He comes in human form and he lives a life that, that we couldn't live, dies the death that we deserve, and then forgives us when we crucify him. You know, so, I mean, you can't find a story like that in all of history through any other religion where the, the good guy is the one that sacrifices himself, you know, for all the bad people, you know? So it, when, when I explain this to my kids when they were younger, uh, they're like, dad, who's good and who's bad. I'm like, we're all bad. Jesus is good. <laughs> There's nobody good, you know, outside of God. And people go, well, that guy's a good guy. And that guy's a good. And we understand that, because, you know, based on what we're talking about. Okay. But when it comes to being sinless, there ain't nobody sinless, but Jesus, you know, and don't ask me how I did it. That's a whole different thing, you know? Um, but the, the reality is all those, all those dietary laws and everything in the Old Testament necessarily was foreshadowing who Jesus was going to be and also foreshadowing how God would be, get his people ready because he does just the opposite with Jesus where he says uh, there are certain things that you couldn't eat before. And then Jesus says, don't call anything that's an unclean. You know, you can eat anything you want. And, and, what, and, he, and, and Jesus goes even further. He says, it's not what goes into a man that makes him unclean. Okay. It's it's what comes out of him, because out of a, out of a man's heart, or out of his man out of man's mouth comes the uh, the wickedness or the, or the blessing of the heart, you know. And we know that, dude. No matter it, it says in the Book of James, if anyone can tame the tongue, and I'm I'm just as much of a, a, a hell you know at that as anybody else, you know. So um, if anyone can tame the tongue, it's a wild it, evilness. It just is, you know. It really is. So so that's that's the the whole thing about the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, that God was preparing his people when Jesus came. And there were also things at that time that um, a lot of Old Testament scholars and Jewish rabbis thought that there was maybe um, disease in certain animals at that time. That's why God used to let them do that. So remember, when you think about God, it's it's hard because we talked about the father problem today. A lot of us didn't have have good dads. We both had great dads, but by and large in society, what in some parts of our country, 70% of the kids will go to sleep without a dad. You know, in the household that loves him, cares him, prays over him, you know, hugs him, kisses him on the head goodnight, all that kind of stuff. I still hug my son, even though he gets all weird about it. He's like, "Stop it, Dad!" I'm like, "Come here, dude. I'm gay for you." Come here. You know, he's like, he's like, "Stop it, Dad! Stop!" You know. But it's, it's. I'm tell you what, man, that kind of stuff, and I'll hug and kiss my kids so they leave my house, and even when I see some man, I still do the same thing. And I say this because I, I want, I want to instill in them that like, I love them because. One of the reasons people have a hard time seeing God is we have a bunch of bad dads out there, man. You know, so when I meet a bad dad, I don't curse him as a good dad. I try to make him better. I try to, like, hey, man, this is some, I, I had a guy in here the other day. I just get real personal. I'm going to get choked up on this one, dude. I had a guy in here the other day. He was talking about, um, he's wanting to leave his wife. It's real hard, things like that. And I said, dude, you got to keep fighting, man. Anybody can give up. Anybody can give up, but you got to keep fighting. He, no, he feels like nobody respects him or anything else like that. I'm like, you still got to fight, dude. 
You're meant to fight. You're meant to fight for your family. You're meant to love your wife. And God made you tough so you can take the brunt of it. You can. I promise you can. And when you can't, come here and smoke a cigar with me. And I'll help you. And he was like, what? I'm like, yeah, dude, anytime you need to. You lose it or something like that, come here. I got you, man. And he's like, you'll He's like, I'm going to test. And he did. And I did. You know, so I'm telling you, man, some guys just need some encouragement. Like, it's okay to be a dude, man. It's okay to love your family, love your wife. So to all the good dads out there, man, I absolutely salute you. I pray for you. And we need more of you. So replicate yourself with everybody <laughs> that you possibly can, you know, because that's important. You know, and I'm not trying to be a, a naysayer to the bad dads. I've been saying just grow up and keep fighting a good fight, man. It's, it's worth it. It is. Our generations of kids are worth it. They really are. I'm not worried about me. I'm worried about my sons, sons, sons. That's what I'm worried about. My sons, sons, sons. My The fourth generation away from me is typically where things really get skewed. So I just hope my – I know my son gets it, and uh, he's a dude's dude, and I, I love him for it. And uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing now. I'm scrambling. So. Yeah, you know, it's uh, – um, uh, people say, you know, uh, this generation that's coming behind me and you, we're, we're worried. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm 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 completely stoked because because uh, we have a Savannah Wreath out there and we have an Amber Shahan. We have these amazing women um, and we have these amazing children. And I call them children, and they're adults. Your daughter's an adult. Right. My right. daughter's an adult, but they but they are, they are children and they are yeah. doing amazing things. And they are gonna they are they are gonna to take on where you and I have left off, and they're gonna lead the fight. They're gonna lead the charge. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little concerned mm-hmm. about, like I said, their children and that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the society there, because it seems like we're on a, seems like maybe we're not on a downward slope. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know. So, but, uh, but I have hope, you know, and, and that's, wow. at the end of the day, that, that, that's all, that's all we can have is, is hope, you know, this generation, and I know is going to be a good generation. They're going to fight the good fight and they're, they're going to make us proud. When, when my son gets frustrated, and when my, my daughters get frustrated about society or anything like that, I tell them genuinely, I'm like, you, you, you fight the hate with love, man. You do. You just do. When someone when someone hates you and they're just they're yelling at you and they're calling you all kinds of names because you don't meet their political agenda or something like that, love them anyways, man. You know, so I, I don't mind being hated by people who I who I think are wrong, but I'm not gonna hate them back. It just if you do that, it just hate hate just multiplies like you wouldn't believe it. You know, it just it just multiplies. Uh, and, and love is really hard, you know, so uh, do the hard road. Take the, I mean, everyone knows that when you do hard things, better things come out of it, you know, so loving people is hard. So when you get people that hate you and stuff like that and say wicked things about you, <laughs> that's okay. It's, it's, it's to be expected. It really it, is. It, it, it is. If, if they're, if, if they're talking about you, that means you're doing something right sometimes. You typically, know? It, just, it means typically, you're, yeah. as, as long yeah. as you're in their mind and on their tongues, you yeah. know, um, <laughs> yeah. They're 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 the ones with the yeah. problem, you know. Not right, dude. Not, not he, yeah, we both know the same people we're talking about. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely, dude. Yep. Yep. You're a, you're a, you're a threat to their weird online in, insecurity. Just weird. It, it, this whole weird online thing, I, to me, it just it's not real. It's all fake. It just it, it, it's all real. Just remember, it's all the matrix. It's it is. Like, it's it, just it, it is. It is, dude. It's it, it's 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 weird when. Like when people come in and they're like, they're like, oh man, what's your cigar? I'm like, thanks. And they're like, you remember when you said this? I'm like, no, I don't remember when I said that. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, they're like, are you real? I'm like, um, I think so. And 
Yeah, I'm, yeah. More than, I'm more than just a cigar guy, but I, I love my family, my dad, and a husband. Just and also, I, I I never forget this too. I mean, like some good parting words, I guess. Um, before you answer somebody like harshly for something, always remember someone's going through a battle you know nothing about. Yeah. You know? They're always going through something you don't know about. So when I see somebody really angry about something or pissed off and they come in here ranting and raving, whatever it is, you know, online or I get an email or something like that, um, I usually go, I'm really sorry about what's ever going on. It sounds like you're missing cigars at least of the problems. Can I send you a five-pack? Yeah. I, I had a guy give me a, a full list of things he hated about me because I forgot one cigar in his order. You uh. know? And I said, can I send you a five-pack on me? You know, And he's like, well, yeah. Well, that's the least you should do. I'm like, you're right. What else can I do for you? He's like, yeah. uh, uh, I'm not sure. I'm like, it's, that, that, that's he's yelling at me on the phone. I'm like, man, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That, 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 that's, what, that's what we're trained in, in, in my profession as a, as a mechanic. It's a, when, when you don't, when it's not fixed right the first time. And that's what, you know, right. you strive to do, you know, a customer is heated and they're yelling and you mm. just look at them and go, what can I do to make this better? Right, and and it, it just throws them off track, and it's like, well, I, right. Right. I wasn't expecting that. Just, just t- tell, do you want your money back? Do you want me to look at it again? Do you want me? I mean, just what can I do right. to make it better? So, right, absolutely. So, so Brad, we definitely want to thank you for coming on, as always. Absolutely, um, dude. Anytime, man. Um, Anytime. Uh, I, 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 we, I didn't. Send you, you know, as a proof because Brad didn't have his notes. We didn't talk beforehand. I didn't know about anything that's I, I like, said today. I, I like to just throw it out there and uh, and just be you know I, I like I like to be surprised. Um, I was surprised. So, I was surprised. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I, I knew it'd be a great show. So Brad, get back to work. Thank and, you, man. Um, um, Appreciate you, buddy. Well, I love you, man. I really do. Love you too, bro. So I'll right. catch you guys later. Have a good night. Um, if you're interested in I tap that cigar merchandise, head over to cigarprop.com or tap that cigar.com. Also make sure you're following cigar prop, miss cigar prop, uh, on all the social medias links are in the show notes below. Definitely check out Brad. If you want to follow him on his website, uh, Facebook, Instagram, everything is in the show notes down below as well. And we definitely want to thank our, uh, our partners, um, uh, because without them, this show absolutely is not possible. So thank you to J.C. Newman Cigars, Cigar Medics, Amendola Family Cigars, Simpler Hair and Beard Color, Excelsior Tobacco, Corona Cigar, and, of course, Drew Estate and Experience Acid. 